Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. Wow. This is it. The final show of Road to the Cup for the 2022 World Cup. And what a show was put on by Argentina and France. I said it was possible. You heard it. You know it. I thought it could be the best game of all time. And I know we're into hyperbole now and everybody overreacts on any given day. But if you tell me you think this is the greatest sporting event of all time, I won't argue. Wow. Just wow. 3-3, the final score. Argentina beats France after extra time in penalties. Wow. It's going to take hours more to come down. I mean, I'm still riding high. I can't get over it. (laughs) If you try to tell people what happened, they'll be, nah, didn't happen. Not that way. Argentina came out flying in this match. Let's almost work backwards instead. Extra time was ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Normally in extra time, the only way you see an extra time played out like that for 30 minutes is if one team scores early in the extra time and the other team knows they got to go press and get another goal. But then even the other team is backed away. And yet... Somehow these two teams playing for everything did not play for the draw to get to PKs. Full credit to them. That's what makes this all the more a stunning match. Because at that point, you're probably scared silly, right? You don't want to lose the World Cup. But both teams went out and tried to win it. Amazing, amazing stuff. And there's so much credit to go around because... Look, I know in PKs, somebody has to quote-unquote officially lose. But man, how can, you even, how can you even say either one of these teams lost? I actually tweeted out, cut the trophy in half before penalties were even taken. Give them both a half. A, I mean, really, nobody deserved to lose. And that's what makes this just incredible. The greatest game. In World Cup history, really. I mean, we can't put any more on it. Lionel Messi hoists the cup, kisses it first. If you watch the, uh, like, kind of the celebrations, whether on Telemundo or over on FS1 afterwards, if you watched all the post-game hoopla and ceremony, Lionel Messi got the Golden Ball Award, right, for the best player, of course. He went over and snuck a little kiss of the World Cup trophy. That was amazing. That's got to be like the shot of the tournament, realistically. It's not even on the pitch, but but man, I mean, just back and forth. And here's the thing. For a long time in this match, Argentina were just cruising, cruising, right? Playing their game, not, you know, not taking their foot off the gas. They're trying to get that third goal after Di Maria made it 2-0 on the goal of the tournament for me. Go back. It's 1-0 right after the Messi PK. A deserved penalty that was called, no doubt. Dembele got, you know, just got drawn into a, a, a 1v1 with Di Maria. And, oh, Angel Di Maria looked 15 years younger today, didn't he? Oh, man. So, and then Di Maria finishes off. He had the easy job, essentially, of what was the best goal of the tournament for me. Just the winning of the ball the way the Argentina did near the midfield. The one-touch passing. And then even Messi, who has to put two touches on it, which, hey, you could do whatever you want, Lionel Messi, but those two touches were utter perfection. 
McAllister had given him the ball and continues his mad run. Messi, with two touches, swings it out wide. Boom. That touch is brilliant into the middle. And back to McAllister, who puts it right on the foot of Dream Murray. And here's what I told my wife. I'm watching it, and I don't really watch World Cup with anybody except for maybe my wife if she's interested, and she was certainly interested in this match. And I turned to her and said, you know, the difference there is any one of those guys could have just hit it just a little too hard at any one of those points. And we probably see those a thousand times in world football a week, right? Where it's, oh, that, that's a great part of the play. Oh, just that last touch or, oh, just that second touch in the midfield. That Argentina goal was the goal of the tournament because everybody in that sequence put the exact amount of pressure on that football, the perfectly weighted pass, every one of them. And then Di Maria with a perfect finish because he could have scuffed it and it wouldn't have mattered. Nobody would be talking about it. But that, and I turned to her and I said, that goal is why they call it the beautiful game. And that's not hyperbole. I'm not overselling it. Because if you can pull off something like that, let alone in the stage that they're in, it's just amazing. And they did it in the World Cup final to make it 2-0. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't see much of a way back for France for the next 15, 20 minutes of game time. But I will say this, and I this is I wrote it down in my notes to make sure I didn't forget, you know, amidst all the hoopla as games go on. 41st minute, DDA Deschamps has seen enough. It's 2-0, right? He makes two substitutes, including taking off his number nine in Olivier Giroud. And I don't think Deschamps did it because, like, those two guys were playing bad. or It was like, hey, we got to make a change. This is the World Cup final. What are we going to do? Try to play for to not lose too bad? <laughs> You're going for it. And Didier Deschamps, who's trying to win a second straight as France manager, makes the moves. And it didn't affect the game right then. But the subs in the second half started to affect the game for France. Kingsley Coman, oh, man, he was just lights out for as long as he could. You know, just trying to keep that team, that energy up. He looked fantastic off the bench. Randall Kolomuani. Now, I know he got a shot, you know, a shot saved in the end. And maybe, you know, oh, you could nitpick and say he could have finished. But, and then he had a chance for a header late. Holy cow, let's just keep working backwards, though, a little bit. But the substitutes that Deschamps made were brilliant. Scaloni had a great match as the Argentina manager. I don't care what anyone says. All the pressure on. And then to drop two goals, but to keep your team there. Keep fighting. But, I mean, Kylian Mbappe's ready, everyone. <laughs> if you didn't think he was ready to be the best player in the world, uh, he's ready. Because for a long time, I was like, man, this guy can't even get a foot on the ball today. Right? And it, Argentina was doing a magical job. But then, and I know his first goal is the PK. It was a deserved goal, you know, deserved PK call. So he bangs at home like a great player does, like Messi did earlier. But that second goal that Mbappe scored, wow. Just wow. I mean, Emiliano Martinez is a fabulous goaltender, goalkeeper, but he had no chance on that. Just to strike that out of the air like Mbappe did, to tie it only, what, 90 seconds of real time or at least playing, you know, playing time between goals? Holy cow. And then you're thinking France is somehow going to pull this off. They're on the front foot. The rest of regulation, essentially, feeling like we can get this right now. And Argentina holds up. They go to extra time. There's no way I thought a goal was going to be scored in extra time. I didn't. I thought if one goal is scored, okay, that'll be it. 
Maybe there's some kind of defensive breakdown. Okay, I get it. Maybe there's some moment of magic. But no way you're going to end up both teams scoring. This is eerily familiar for some people, Philadelphia Union. Both teams scoring in stoppage time. When when Argentina's Messi tucks home that shot, you're thinking this is utter storybook, right? Messi gets the extra time goal just to make sure. Uh-uh. Kylian Mbappe and the penalty on Montiel. And look, there is never a time when you're going to try to you know put your hand up in that situation, right? But it's a penalty. There's never a time Montiel wants to knock the ball down with his hand in extra time when you're winning by a goal with just seconds remaining. But it's a penalty. It's harsh. It's unforgiving. But, man, and it's easy to say, you know, you just got to take that one right off your face, right? And maybe you could say that. Maybe you could say, if you want to argue, and maybe if Argentina had lost... People would be saying, like, just you're going to have to take that one right in the face and deal with it. You can't put your arm up. Well, guess who scored the game-winning penalty? (laughs) Guess who iced it, I should say. Wow. And Emiliano Martinez, another big save in penalty kicks, and Argentina wins. But just madness. Utter madness. I'm not going to argue with you if you, you know, call it the greatest game in World Cup history. I said it could be. I don't like to usually usually I don't like to jump into that that quickly afterwards. When I'm not when I'm a neutral, you're trying to like you don't want to live too much in the moment all the time because you know tomorrow will be the, the greatest sporting event ever somewhere or or the Super Bowl coming up. Somebody's going to tell you that's the great and like but come on, this was just absurd. As great as the France Croatia final was, a four to two France drubbing. To win that one, this is just all the better. Same amount of goals, but a whole different beast, right? <laughs> I want to bring in Mario just to get his initial reaction here to wrap up this segment. Mario, are you? Did you survive? How did you survive that? Because penalties drive me nuts. You know, you know how that is. Like yeah. I'm on edge no matter who's playing. Scares me silly penalties. How did you feel, man? Man, as the match was going on, I was thinking to myself. Dave might have nailed it. This might be the greatest <laughs> World Cup match of all time. But then as it started going on, I started to think, okay, yeah, this pretty much is going to be the, the greatest match. But also, with all the fans that Argentina has worldwide, not just in yeah. Argentina, because Argentina has fans worldwide, sure. uh, mainly because of you know Maradona, when he used to play, he generated a bunch of fans worldwide. And now Messi... It comes yeah. along, so Messi generates a bunch of fans worldwide. Now, I mean, this possibly could be the the most uh, watched event in TV history, I think. And we just got to wait and see if that's true or not, but yeah. it possibly could be. Yeah, I mean, shame on anybody who missed it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. If it isn't, if it's not the most watched TV event of all time, shame on anybody who missed this game because you missed – uh, a true classic, unbelievable, uh, great stuff, Mario. We'll be, uh, you know, sticking with you here. If you uh, miss any of part of the show, you can podcast it. This is our final episode. We were just so pumped to be here talking about this final. We'll continue on in just moments here. This is Road to the Cup. I'm Dave Dunholm with you on ESPN LA. Road to the Cup, ESPN LA. Dave Dunholm with you for the final time here for this World Cup 2022 in Qatar. And what a finish it was. A great tournament on the pitch magnificent all the way through, and the final was every bit better. I mean, I didn't think 
you'd get a final like this only because you don't you can't rely on that in finals in world cup final whatever sport usually they're tense they're tight not always sometimes you get a classic and man did Argentina and France deliver? And I'll go so far as I said, I, I alluded to it earlier in the first segment. I was saying, look, cut the trophy in half. Give them both half. And what I meant meant by that and still mean by that, there came a time in this match where late in that extra time, 3-3, before it was over, and actually there was even a couple more chances after I was thinking this, ironically. Latoro Martinez missed a header. I thought, holy cow. He was open. you got to put that on frame. Look, I know the pressure. And Emiliano Martinez made a save on Colo. I mean, it was like as big a save as you've ever seen in your life, realistically, on a shot that just I thought was going in. No question from Colo Moane, the sub who just was so effective for France. So the fresh legs, I mean, Latoro Martinez was everywhere once he came on to the final. He had about 20 minutes to operate, and he was a big factor of getting Argentina, more opportunities. Messi, all that. But even after all that, I started thinking before the game was over, going to PKs, and I thought, man, if France is to pull this out in PKs, how could we sit here and say Messi didn't win the World Cup? And but I, what I mean by that is, yes, of course he wouldn't have won it, right? If France won it in PKs in the history books and everybody would say, oh, he never won a world. How, what is the difference at that point? Right? Now, if he would have went into the PKs and missed his and it was the only miss, then you could say, oh, boy, he kind of yeah, missed out on that, right? He, but what else did he have to do? Two goals. The leading goal in extra time. It wasn't Messi who got the penalty, right? The handball penalty late in the match. What else did he have to do? I'm thinking to myself, this is so cruel. Not because, look, I mean, France goes out and gets it done. People of France are partying right now, and it's they deserve to win, right? They battled back after being down 2-0 and 3-2. So they would have deserved it. But they, if they would have beaten Messi in PKs, how could we have walked around for the next 25, 50 years going, oh, Messi never won the, you know, that would have been the truth. <laughs> but what more would you have to do? There was nothing more that he could do in this whole tournament. Really? I, I mean, so then it's like, oh, he goes his whole career. And I know that that's not what happened, Dave. He, he has the, that work and it. You have to win it. I get it. But I was thinking to myself, this will be as close to a sports, like, just, I don't, I mean, it's not the right word, but like, injustice almost, if you consider him, like, oh, Messi. And if you try to dismiss it as, well, he never won the World Cup. The only thing that has, is different is Emilio Martinez guessed right once, and another French player kind of put it about a, about a foot wide on his PK. That's it. So you mean to tell me that those little things right there mean, well, Lionel Messi is really the best player of all time, if you, that's your argument. Oh, he never won a world. Like, talk about, we talk about razor-thin margins in sports. Like, I've been talking about this World Cup, but it just struck me so hard. Like, what if we just stopped football right then? And we never saw the penalty kicks, right? We never, FIFA said, okay, tournament's over. It's 130 minutes in or whatever, and it's 3-3. Nobody's winning this thing. 
how could you look at Messi and go, he's just, well, he never won the World Cup. Like, or even, I mean, it's just, that's how ridiculous it is in a way. But that's the reality. I'm not stupid. We're not naive. The record books are there. We can go back and see. Do you know who came in second in 1938? Or 1930? No, I don't either. But we know who won. Right? Who came in third last World Cup? I got stre- to stretch my mind to remember it. And it's only four years ago, right? Who came in third in 2014? Even tougher to remember right now off the top of my head. I'll figure it out in a second, but you get my point. We write, rec- we write those records down. We keep track, and he had to win. And I don't know how you felt. This is how I was going. 2-0. About the 55th minute, I'm like, yikes, this is, they're going to cruise here. Mbappe's, you know, they're not getting him the ball. He can't, you know, there's very little a guy like him could do to really, you know, change a match until it gets the ball gets up to him. You know, I mean, it's just almost out of his control at that time. I thought, ah, this is going to be a cruise. And then about 10 minutes later, uh-oh, well, they got one goal. Okay, this will wake up Argentina a little bit, slap them in the face a little, but it does also give France a little kick in the butt. To kind of, and then before you can even think about how Argentina is going to respond at 2-1, they respond terribly. And it's Mbappe is wide open on a nice little pass out wide off a deflect. And the pass is perfect. And Mbappe takes it out of the air. It's even a more perfect finish. And all of a sudden you're like, now I'm thinking Argentina has no chance. And then the rest of the, even the rest of regulation, anybody can win it here. It looked like Messi was done. This is my eyes. I don't know if you agree. He had nothing left. And I don't know if it was physical or mental. But I thought, this guy's got no, he's not going to pull this off. He thinks it's over. I don't see it out of him. And then even to start extra time, I'm like, I don't know that anybody's going to go. Like I said, I didn't think anybody's going to necessarily score. You might get a half chance here and there. But I thought, ah, this is just going to go to PKs. And then all of a sudden, Argentina starts warming up a little bit, but still no messy. He just didn't, it just felt like he was done. Like physically, I don't know about, maybe mentally too, you wouldn't think so, but, and you're like, how in the world, can I don't care how old you are or how physically gassed you are, he can't go out this way. Because even if it goes to PKs, we all know that's a coin flip in a lot of ways. Not literally, of course, there's a lot to it, but you still can lose PKs and it's really mostly out of your control. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, I want to like whisper and messy. You got like 25 minutes here left. You can still control a lot in this 25 minutes. You go to PKs, you got your little kick. And that's it. And then all of a sudden, he started to kind of get out there. Like I said, Latoro Martinez gets inserted. And again, he was he was sloppy. He missed a couple, you know, opportunities. But it was more the energy and just kind of digging in. And then Paredes comes in with, you know, same thing. Paredes is a wild man sometimes, but he had the energy. He kept the, you know, the focus, got the guys reignited a little bit, including Messi. And then who's on the doorstep setting up, waiting to knock it home, and it's Messi. And then you're thinking, this is over? And really out of nothing, I know it was a, it was a good shot attempt. 
Guy sticks his arm up. It's a PK. I don't think that shot was going to beat Emiliano Martinez, but I could be wrong. And a guy's trying to protect his face or whatever he's doing. He's not even thinking at that point. But then you're thinking, like, keep your hands down. Take it right in the face if you have to at that point. Right? I mean, it might even if it's the last game you ever play, which is sad to say. I'm not trying to hope anybody gets hurt. But even if it's like the worst kick right to your face, and you decide that's the last, well, it's a World Cup final. But you can't. I mean, this is total reflex. And it's a complete penalty. And then holy cow. And then you're thinking maybe Mbappe chokes on this, right? No. No chance. Cool as you like. He's ready. He's ready. And then he goes to be the first PK kicker with Messi right behind him. And you're thinking one of these two is missing this. Potentially. They, they are. That's going to be the story, right? One of these two dudes who are supposed to be the greatest, it can't work out for them like this. One of these guys is going to absolutely shank this thing into the 30th row or the keeper is going to have an easy save. Nope. (laughs) They both walk up. Cool. Stone cold. I mean, to me, Kylian Mbappe didn't need to prove any. I mean, guy already won a World Cup as a teenager. He doesn't have to prove anything, but he is ice cold, man. Ice cold. He's at a different level already than all the other guys running around, except for one. And then, so they both complete their PKs, and then Emiliano Martinez, kudos to him. Again, great PK saver. And Hugo Lloris looked a little lost. He even knows that. I mean, that's not his strength as a keeper. Um, And not to say he was lost in PK, but it was just Argentina was ice cold too, man. They were in their veins flowing. They were ready. And... It's just a couple of – again, a couple of inches really either way when you're kicking PKs and trying to save them. And now, so now all of a sudden Argentina was so much better than France. Well, kind of in a lot of ways, but Kylian Mbappe is the great equalizer, literally, with the hat trick. So they had to go to PKs. But I thought Argentina deserved it. If you're now breaking this down, if you really look at it, again, if France would have won, how can you argue – they battled back time and time again. Like you couldn't say like they didn't deserve it, but I thought Argentina were the better team on the day. Overall. For whatever, 120 plus minutes. Boy, there was a lot of stoppage time on it. Almost every right halftime, you know, end of regular. They probably played 140 minutes. It's just I mean, at least. So you can say, if you look at it, Argentina deserved it. And now, when we come back, it's all about him hoisting that trophy now. And it just separates the you know the greatest, the greats from the greatest. To do it the way he did when he did it, in the face of another great coming up who did it himself. Amazing, utterly amazing. More when we continue breaking down this World Cup final. Fantastic. I'm sweating through my shirt still. Still. This is Road to the Cup. Dave Denham and you, ESPN LA. Road to the Cup on ESPN LA continues, and the Road to the Cup ended in Qatar today. World Cup final, and what a game it was. Argentina, France, 3-3 draw with Argentina winning in PKs, and they hoist the trophy, winning the World Cup. Lionel Messi Wins the World Cup for the first time. 
and they don't allow France a second straight World Cup victory. Kylian Mbappe did every last thing he could. Three goals for Mbappe on the day. He finishes as the golden boot winner with the most goals in the tournament. Messi won't care. He had two goals, including the one that put them in the lead with a PK early, 23rd minute. Helps set up the best goal of the tournament in the 36th minute for me. Then Mbappe gets a couple in the second half, one of which was just about the best goal in the tournament. And they go to extra time, and they still, both of them still score an extra. That is ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. That both of the, both Messi and Mbappe, not just that they help get, you know, a lot of times in these games, look, they're always factors when they're that good. But the fact that these guys combine for five out of the six goals, and Messi helped really launch that, other goal. Not that he gets an assist, but big part of that. That is incredible. And I told it's a line I used just in the last segment. Mario and I were talking. You know, you it separated today did separate the greats from the greatest. And Kylian Mbappe is right there. And Messi is the greatest. Or at least that's what everybody's gonna tell you because he won and his team won in PKs. I don't know what else he had to prove. Right around minute 118, I was thinking to myself, he is. I mean, what else does he have to do here, whether they win in PKs or not? Oh, it's so cruel. Utterly cruel. But I got to say, I thought as the 120 minutes went, if you really had to break it down and you were forced to pick someone to win that match without PKs, if we had to vote... And then take away all the biases, right? And if you could find 100 people in the world that could vote as unbiased as possible, 100%, then I think Argentina would have probably got about 51 of those votes out of the 100. And they deserved it. But man, what a game. Just, And we'll throw around the greatest game of all time stuff. Why not? I can't argue. Perfectly fair. Mario Reese. Greatest game of all time? Oh, definitely. We were talking about it for a week almost, right? Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, who, I, I can't argue. Yeah, it definitely had that potential with the the stars that were in it with Mbappe, you know, the one of the greatest to come here in the near future, and then uh, Messi, one of the greatest yeah. right now at the time. Yeah, I, I can't argue. It's, if you want to call it that, I'm with you. I thought it had that potential. I could have never, you would never guess that if, okay, you, you say 3 3, wow, that's a crazy final, first of all. Most of the time, that doesn't happen. Then you might say, well, maybe somebody else steps up, right? Because they're focused on Messi. They're focused on stopping Mbappe, which, by the way, Argentina did very well for a pretty good chunk of the match. And then, holy cow. But then you'd think, okay, some other, maybe Di Maria gets three goals if it's 3 3 or something. Julian Alvarez scores a brace, and you know maybe Messi is involved, but he's not. These guys had five out of the six goals. Just ridiculous. And here, here's the thing that struck me too, right between the eyes. No kidding, right? We all know this, but it hit me again. They both play for the same team. <laughs> I mean, how absurd. And then I started thinking to myself, man, that is weird. That's going to be weird. 
going back to that. You know, once you battle this kind of game, and I know they're probably friends and it won't be because they're pros. I get it. But with everything and so much on the line, that imagine losing that match, especially if you're messy, to be honest, because Killing Mbappe already has one. But imagine if you're messy and you lose that match and you got to go back to go kick a ball with this guy in training in a week or whatever, or two weeks, you know, whatever time they give him off. Weird. <laughs> still probably will be a little, I'm not going to lie, but it would have been even, I think, weirder still if it was Messi who had to do, you know, go back as the loser, quote unquote, of this game. But I was perfectly happy if you wanted to pull the old Solomon and get the sword and cut the trophy in half after the extra time. Because I don't know how you can say anybody lost. I really don't. I know in the record books, yes, of course, we got to have a winner. We have to have somebody who they have to put the second place medal over their necks and take a picture of. I get it. France is not going to be considered the winner. But I, they didn't really lose. I mean, <laughs> it was a draw. And it's just so so painful that anybody in that match. And it is very reminiscent of just, a, you know, barely over a month ago. I hate to, I'll have to whisper it, but the MLS Cup final looked a lot like it. Like who, you know, certainly somebody has to win. you got to have a champ. But, man, what a game and what a way to go. What a way to put on a show. I mean, the sky's the limit. I started thinking about after, just immediately after, in all the celebration, I started thinking about this. I wrote it down, and I know it's, like, early, and maybe I even save it. But you know what? I'll save it for the next segment. I'm not going to – I don't mean to tease it like that, but – It'll be the last segment of this. Hey, I want to say thanks to Estrella Jalisco. Great uh, folks over there. All the support for this Road to the Cup. It has been an amazing ride, and what an amazing way to finish it with this show. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, all your thoughts and all that, at Talk Soccer. I really appreciate that. You know, we've been talking about Messi and uh, and uh, Mbappe and all their Some other really big performances in this match. And again, not everybody was like, 10 out of 10, but you have to say this game had some big performances. I want to point a few of them out in this match. Alexis McAllister in the midfield for Argentina. Wow. Just phenomenal. This doesn't mean anybody plays a perfect match. You don't play perfect matches virtually. I thought Alexis McAllister was ridiculously good. Enzo Fernandez made me very happy that I put him in my best 11. Awesome match for Argentina. He was really, really good. I thought, you know, and I hate to say it because I'm not trying to pick on the dude. I thought Argentina, I'll put it this way. I thought Argentina did a great job against Griezmann because he's been so influential, like for 90 minutes plus every game for France. And for a lot of it, he didn't even know he was out there, if I'm being honest. So, again, taking another way from Griezmann, had a magnificent tournament. Maybe it's just more how Argentina approached stopping France, putting, you know, it really started in the first minute. This was not something that Argentina shifted into. They put themselves on the front foot from minute one and really pinned back France. Now, again, it wasn't like France was overrun statistically, even in that time, but it was 2-0 for a reason in the first half. It was. And it was really, and even if you look at the final statistics, Argentina... Out shooting France twenty to ten, outshot on goal 20, ten to five. It was like, but it was a lot of that damage. Realistically, on the pitch was in the first half, and Argentina deserved it. 
So magnificent performances by them. But, again, and we know Mbappe, but it was really a lot about those subs that I talked about for, for France as well that really stood out. You know, even Kamavinga came in. Had a, you heard me talk about already Kingsley Coman. Uh, it was very good coming off the bench. Randall Kulo Muane added something in that speed and just the, not even the speed, just kind of the making the right runs, going at Argentina, unbalancing their defense. Didn't result in a goal, but again, those, you know, that sub coming in to make an impact, especially in a game that's going 125, 130, 140 minutes, essentially, with all the extra t- or stoppage time and all three halves, if you will, three playing periods. It just, wow. Just great performances all around. But boy, those chances late, right? Kola Mwani with the being saved by Martinez. A kick save like that that will live in infamy if you're Argentine, if you're anybody, really. Just that save coming off there. And, you know, I will highlight him. I know Lautaro Martinez missed a couple chances. I do. But I think his energy and his legs and his ability to run and his willingness to kind of just keep France kind of on you know on the hook pressure wise defensively in that extra time really mattered again didn't directly result in the goal but it really kept Argentina's kind of focus too to make sure they were going at it to win and playing to win so brilliant performances by all those guys and again Martinez I thought Lloris had a couple of really big saves obviously in regulation another magnificent game really throughout even extra time but Wow, just uh, just really nowhere to go in terms of how can you really criticize much of anything? You know who else I want to highlight, Dave? Is An- yeah, sure. Angel Di Maria in that first half. Yeah, no, of he course. He played amazing. Yeah. And for him to get the start, I was really happy to see that for him. You were. You, you were texting me about him. Like I thought he was the man of the match. I thought he was the man of the match up until he had to come off the pitch, which I think was the right time yeah. for him to come off. But um, yeah, Acuna also yeah he added a little bite out there too, and like kind of uh, just to make sure France didn't get too comfortable. Acuna's not going to let you get comfortable, and you're right. I think Di Maria didn't have much left no. at that, point. and he got a goal as well, but, which is a huge goal. That second goal, that was yeah, amazing. finishing off like I I think that's the goal of the yeah. tournament, the one they finished off Mario. Just the way they just ripped through Beautiful. France defensively, all on like one and two yeah. touches, all of them. As I said earlier. Any one of those touches, Mario, we see time and time again where a guy just just overhits it, mm-hmm. right? Any of those passes, and it's like either the either your teammate has to kind of peel back to get it, or it goes out of play, or maybe the defender can get a toe on it because it wasn't a perfect. But they were all perfect passes. Oh yeah, and in that pressure filled situation to make it two nil, I thought that was the goal of the tournament without a doubt. Top class stuff right there. Yeah, it really was. And that's funny you say it that way too, because my even my wife was like. See, these are why these two teams are here and that goal. Yeah. Because she's like, that's why that team is there because every pass was just inch perfect mm-hmm. with the pressure on. So that's, it makes all the difference. Oh, great stuff. Hey, in the final segment, to wrap everything up, I got to talk a little bit about the future as well, which I find very interesting coming out of this match as we look ahead. This is Road to the Cup. I'm Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA. Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. Dave Dunholm with you, and this is it. We have walked that road to the Cup. It's over. Argentina winning in penalties after, well, let's just say it. It's the greatest game in World Cup history. 3-3 the final. 
Not trying to get caught up in hyperbole. It just was. Amazing final. Amazing finish. And an amazing player, Lionel Messi, becomes just absolutely lionized, really, with this win. This after winning Copa America, too. Which we even talked about in this, you know, on the road to the cup throughout the tournament. Yeah, you know, he already had that where not that the pressure was off. You still want to win that World Cup, of course. Maybe his last opportunity, in all likelihood it is. That but it was like it wasn't so I mean, the to me, the the pressure wasn't hanging on him as much, it didn't seem, because of the Copa America victory. So it was more like play a little freer, a little looser, and we were seeing how good he still was and still is in these pressure situations. 35, whatever, doesn't matter what age Messi is, and he was getting it done, and he did, even today. Despite the fact Kylian Mbappe tried to rip it from his hands and Kylian wanted his second straight World Cup before he's even, what, 24 in a couple days? He wanted a second cup and wanted to rip it from Messi's arms? With three goals, and yet Messi gets two goals. Argentina get the penalty kick victory. Just an absolute classic. And I don't want to. I don't want to move ahead too, like too far in advance. But I am going to now. It's the final minutes here, and I'm going to say it. World Cup 2026. Right, we're about three and a half months or three and a half years away. Only that's the good news about this Winter World Cup. In that sense, it took us longer to get here, so it felt like forever. But now we only have to wait three and a half years. I got to tell you, France, as long as Kylian Mbappe is running up in front of him at 100%, as long as he's healthy and he feels like it, they're the favorites right now, in my estimation, right? I mean, the future, as tough as it is to take, and it's so early, right? It's barely been hours. They're still feeling miserable about it. I get it. That's going to sting for a long time. But if you're looking ahead at all, I mean, France is just, whenever that guy's on the pitch, they're the favorite. I mean, if he's not already the best player in the world, you could argue it, fine. Then by then, this guy's going to be in the height of his powers, ready to turn, what, 27? Maybe the 26, oh my goodness, this could be what we're going to witness here in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. And I wanted to, it kind of lead, led me into who else are we going to be looking for then? Now, I know Mario and I even talked about it. You never know. Things change. World football changes. Guys get bored. They get old quickly somehow. They get injured. They get beat up mentally and physically. You never know who's going to really be there. But if this guy is all that and ready to go, France is going to win the World Cup in 2026. There's nobody looking forward to 2026 more than Mbappe. I can guarantee you in that. About, right in about now. three weeks. Yeah, in about three weeks. Because it's going to hurt for a long time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he also needs to get away from it for a little bit, get a little break, cry, you know, do all that if mentally, physically, whatever, emotionally. Uh, you know, maybe remind yourself you already got one and you're going to hopefully get more in his head, right, that he wants. He certainly wanted it today, even though he didn't quite get it, but. Wow, the future is killing Mbappe. And I got another name for you for the future, Dave. And hopefully we see this guy, Erling Haaland. That's who's going to be a superstar in the next World Cup if he can get his uh, team up there. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. You know, people talk about, well, they're going to be 48 teams. And Mario and I outlined this again. If you've been listening to the show, 
You know all this, but if you haven't, go back and listen if you want. Podcast it on ESPN LA. Thanks to our friends at Estrella Jalisco. You know, UEFA only gets three more spots. Even though the tournament's going to 48 and everybody's like, oh boy, that just means everybody's getting in. Not true. UEFA already has 13 and Norway couldn't quite get there. Now, they're not a bad team. And when you have Erling Holland, so Mario's right. If he gets there. If, yes. You know, we want to see that, no doubt. But it's not like the the expansion of the World Cup doesn't really benefit UEFA as much as everybody else, realistically. Almost almost every and I'm not talking by numbers because I know, you know, you're only adding two from Con Me Ball, but that means six for sure are going. Right? Like you're only adding this and UEFA gets three, but they already had thirteen. And they got a lot of teams that are trying to qualify. Now, Norway's up there. And hopefully they can get their act together a little bit more around the rest of the pitch. And they got some good players. No question, they got talent. And they didn't do badly in the last, you know. So, yes, I agree with Mario. If he gets there, look out. Doesn't quite have the team around him that Mbappe will likely have, admittedly. We all know that. But just to see, I agree, for that superstar. That's what I wanted to focus on. Yes, we know Mbappe is going to be the the guy France will likely be the favorites to win it. I think they're. if I'm picking today, I have to pick France. But Erling Holland's another star. Are there, are there other ones out there that you're seeing on the horizon? And we saw some of them in this tournament, to be sure. Cody Gakpo, guy from the Netherlands, if he continues to develop. I don't know if he's ever going to get to that level. By, I'm not trying to say he's going to be Holland or Kylian Mbappe. But who's the next? Who are next? And the funny thing is, as we talked about, three and a half years away, there are probably kids you've never heard of yet, barely. Now, most of us who are deep, you know, dive deep into world football, like I'm sure most of you listening, if not all of you listening, yeah, we probably have heard of some of these kids coming up because you know how that is, just like every other sport. Younger and younger, we're paying more and more attention to the U-17s and all the kids coming through. But, man, there's probably some dude out there now you don't even know. Who can make a huge impact? It's going to be fascinating, no question. It's going to be right here. And it's why I wanted to kind of take a quick look at it, really. But if there's any doubt, you want me to pick the World Cup winner of 2026, I'll take my chances on Mbappe. Fantastic stuff, Mario Rees. Thank you so much for all your work. Thank you. You are the best. It's been amazing, man. It has been an amazing one. What an amazing way to finish it. I do want to say thank you to everybody who joined us on the show. And that, of course, includes Sean Johnson, Stephen Betashore, players in MLS. We appreciate them. Sebastian Salazar, Maxine Crepeau, our buddy, Hercules Gomez, Max Bredos, Francisco X. Rivera, Vince LaRosa, Pablo Alsina. Congratulations, Pablo. Mark Rogandino, Josh Gross, Pepe Mantilla, the legend, and Maddie Meyer. Also from Getty Images, you've been seeing her images and all her colleagues' images all over with this World Cup. Thank you to everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, just an absolute pleasure. Thanks to the folks at ESPN LA for letting me do it. Good karma. Appreciate all of them. Amanda Brown, uh, Sam Pines, everybody there as well. It has been a wild ride, and I would not have wanted it any other way each and every day. It goes so fast, but Mario, as you and I talked about it too, it felt it feels long because you're in it every day, and that's the way it should feel because that's fun, and you want it to be as long as possible, though, because then it feels so fast. It's over already. What are we going to do? Tears of joy, but tears nonetheless. You know, it's over. So hopefully we'll be back talking uh, football with you as soon as possible. Don't forget, 
Uh, you know, you never know. We'll keep it going. Then we just wait till that next season kicks off. Right back to it. And then 2026, look out. I am Dave at home for the final time. Thank you once again for listening. This is Road to the Cup on ESPN LA.